Cavalier fans. <laughs> My Cleveland Cavalier brethren out there, what is going on? I know, I know you're probably thinking, how did this come about? You know, two years ago, we're hosting up the trophy. We got a parade. You know, we're on top of the world. One of the greatest comebacks in NBA history. And what we've had to witness in this past, let's say, 18 games is unfathomable. This is a this is a special edition podcast um, by yours truly, Ramon R.L. Melpica. Um, you know, usually talking boxing on fight heads, but you know, for those of you who know me, I'm an avid Cleveland sports fan. So, you know, when 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 I feel that the people out there need to, need to hear something, you know, I and I feel like I need to say something. This is this is my opportunity to vent. Um, you know, I I just think it's 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 due. You know, um, I haven't done a Cavalier podcast all season, but the frustration that is built up within me just watching this team, um, I, I just felt it was I needed to, to vent a little bit today. And, um, you know, um, what, what I witnessed today, you know, it, I guess I shouldn't be shocked. It's not like I expected the Cavaliers to win tonight's game against the Houston Rockets. And for those of you who were lucky enough to miss it, they were just absolutely blown off the floor at home. Cleveland Cavaliers blown off the floor. Uh, the effort level was absolutely pathetic. And, um, you know, as a fan, it just leaves you wondering why you even put so much passion into a team that it doesn't even seem like they put passion in playing. And, um, but today's, today's about what's going to happen going forward. You know, um, the name of this podcast is the Cavaliers aren't broken. They're shattered. And, And what I mean by that, it's more than pieces fitting together. There's a, there's a negative energy amongst this team that I'm not sure can be fixed by plugging different players in there. And what's crazy is it's so bad is that everybody wants to point the finger, you know, at a certain individual or, or the coach or, or, or Dan Gilbert or, or whatever the case may be. And it's bigger than all of that, in my opinion, because look, I watch, I watch every game. I watch every minute of every game. I follow everybody who covers the team. And, and, and it's obvious that there are things going on within this team that are bigger than what's going on on the court. And, and and my job and the reason I'm on here venting is to break that stuff down for you. Um, and, and we'll start with the players. We'll start. We'll start. I mean, because today's game was just a microcosm of everything that's gone on in, in literally the past month and a half. And what you're seeing is a culmination of all these things building up. And you're starting to get guys who – just don't care. And it's not that they don't care about the game. And it's not they don't that they don't care about their career. But it's getting to a point where they don't believe in themselves as a unit. Every player on that team almost. And it starts with LeBron James. Um, you know, look, I was the I was one of the first, if not the first person, um to point out the fact that when 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 the Cavs were going through this lull in January that he was playing like shit. 
all his numbers were down. His free throw numbers were down. His shooting numbers have been dreadful. And everybody wanted to point the finger everywhere else. You want to point the finger at J.R. Smith, uh, Jay Crowder, which, look, they deserve blame as well. But it starts with the leader of your franchise, of your team, and that is LeBron James. And he has not been a very good leader. By example, and look, I don't know what happens. I don't know what goes on beyond the scenes. I don't know what he's saying in the locker room. I don't know if he's getting his guys rah-rahed up or whatever the case may be. But I know what I watch. And I know it, it, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's crazy. I mean, I've been watching LeBron since he came into the league. And when his energy is up, man, he is – his energy is infectious. And his teammate, and his, he he gives his teammates the confidence to believe they could beat anybody. You know what I'm saying? And and when his comp, when he's running around, when he's making plays, when he's, you know, doing, when he's at a hundred percent, when he's giving you one hundred percent, it's infectious. And he could make an average team pretty good, and he could make a pretty good team great, and he could make a great team elite. That's how infectious LeBron James is. And he has that type of power. I think he knows he yields that type of power. Um, So I think that's one of the biggest issues is he is not, he's not bringing that energy. He's not bringing that infectious energy to this team. And you're seeing the entire team affected by it. Now, why isn't he bringing that energy? It's the first question. Well, it's becoming obvious to me that this Isaiah Thomas thing is is not working. Um, and I think we've seen enough to know that I'm not sure it's ever going to work. And And what makes me believe that is we've seen it before in stretches. Like him and Kyrie didn't really work that well. But there was a difference because Kyrie – doesn't have the physical limitations of an Isaiah Thomas, meaning like you could allow Kyrie Irving to do his thing, um, kind of disrupt the flow of the offense, uh, but live with that because Kyrie's going to do, he's either going to miss, um, but he's not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to continuously try and find his shot to, to almost solidify himself. And that's what I feel like Isaiah Thomas is doing. You know, Kyrie Irving, if he was missing, if he was, in a, he was having a bad game, most of the time he would defer, go spot up, and, and, hit, and hit a needy shot. And not to mention he was bad on defense, but he was not. He was not paper mache on defense. He was not Mr. Olay on defense that Isaiah Thomas is. Um, and it's not a knock on Isaiah. Man, Isaiah has a place in this league. Uh, he's obviously not healthy. Um, and, and, and he's a tremendous player when he's at his peak. But he's not Kyrie Irving. And what you're seeing is a situation to where LeBron is really affecting LeBron's energy, his positivity, his patience, and it's effect, in effect, effect affecting the entire team. Um some of that's on Tyron Lou because look, if Isaiah Thomas isn't ready, if he's not 100%, then there's no reason he should be playing 100% minutes. 
Look, some will say, well, look, this is the regular season. Doesn't really matter. If you're going to get him ready, now's the time to get him ready. Complete, excuse me, completely understand that mindset. The problem with that is you have a team, a new team, with a number of new players on this team who have yet to have a stretch of 20, 25 games to where they're cohesive and, and playing together and, 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 and building habits. You know, from the beginning of the year, you've been throwing new things at this team. You know, from, you know, Derrick Rose, obviously a new point guard on the team, and then he gets hurt. Then all of a sudden, Tristan gets hurt. So then they start to get on a run a little bit, start to feel themselves a little bit, go on that big stretch, that big um, stretch where they won, what, 18 of 20, right? And then Isaiah comes back, and you throw him into the fold, (laughs) and now Kevin Love's hurt. So you've got so many interchangeable parts. The problem is is that you're never going to have a chance to build any kind of momentum going into the playoffs. Look, I understand this team. This team's only chance to win a title or compete for a title is if Isaiah Thomas was at peak performance and he was able to fit within the scope of what the Cleveland Cavaliers do. But honestly – from what you've seen, and for, for how many games we got left, I think there's, what, 31 games left. Do you honestly think that that's going to happen, that that is going to get to a point this season to where Isaiah Thomas is at peak performance and they can compete for a championship? And if you don't, because right now I don't. I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't believe Isaiah Thomas will be 100% at any point this season then you have to put the best team on the floor that you possibly can for the moment and build off of it and take this thing as far as it can go. Because this season's bigger than trying to compete for a championship. This season is about continuing something that you've built for the past four years. And obviously that centers around LeBron James. And now you've got LeBron who doesn't believe in what's going on right now but can't do anything about it. Therefore, you're getting this version of LeBron James. And say what you want about LeBron. You know, some people say, well, that's not a true leader. You know, that's not taking your team and leading them by example, regardless of the situation. And I understand that. We could debate that all day. And I don't agree with it. I don't like the LeBron I've seen since Christmas Day, honestly. But that's LeBron James. You take it because you know what happens when he is bringing it? You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think LeBron's old. You know, I don't think he's aging. I don't think that's the reason for his uh, his numbers dropping. Poor play. I think it's meant. I, I think. I think it's. I just don't think he's engaged because he's not believing in what's going on. I mean, you can see it in the first quarter. He's deferring. He's deferring to Isaiah, and then Isaiah's doing what he does, putting up a lot of shots, um, not in the scope of the offense. And you could see the energy and the, the will and the passion just zapped out of LeBron. Now, I want you to watch LeBron the minute Isaiah goes to the bench and Dwayne Wade comes in. You see that energy and that passion come back to LeBron. So I, I, th- that's where we're at. Personally, what I would do is I would, I would bring – Isaiah off the bench, play him a total of maybe 20 minutes a game and let him get back to what he 
could possibly be. And if he gets to that point, then you integrate him. In the meantime, you bring Calderon back to the starting lineup, and you roll with that. Look, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get used to playing without Kevin Love for two months, and then when he gets back in, since he's been with the team for four years, he's gonna jump right into place. So, in my opinion, you have to replace Kevin Love with someone who's comparable to him, and I think that's Shannon Fry. I think you bring Shannon Fry in the starting lineup. So you have Calderon, you have J.R. Smith, you have LeBron James, you have Channing Fry. And you have Tristan Thompson. That should be your starting five. And then you come off the bench with Wade and any combination of Wade, IT, Crowder, um, Corver, and, and Rose, whatever the case may be. Obviously, they need another big man. You know, they need to bring Chetty back into the rotation. At least he had energy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, at least he had energy. Um, but that's what I would do. And you build off of that because Calderon's going to run. He's going he's gonna to do nothing but play hard for you, hit timely shots, and run the offense. That takes the ball out of LeBron's hands a little bit to where he's not facilitating everything, but it also keeps everything within the scope of the offense. And that's, those are the things that are important. You build the habits off of that. You do that. You give your best you give yourself the best chance to get back to the NBA finals. Cause look, let's be honest. There's nobody beating the golden state warriors um, this season. It's not happening. It's just not going to happen. But I know LeBron wants to make the finals. He wants the opportunity. And if these changes don't happen, he's not going to have the opportunity because this team has second round loss written all over them. They ain't beating Boston and they ain't beating Toronto right now. This isn't this isn't the same team, guys. It's not. And and if LeBron does not have that passion and he's not engaged, then you have no chance. None at all. So those those are the changes I would make. Um Look, I don't think LeBron's going to automatically get engaged unless he sees this front office do something because he knows he knows what I just said, that the optimal situation of Isaiah Thomas getting to 100% and being at peak performance within the scope of the offense, it's just not a reality. It's not going to happen this season. So he would rather have guys that are going to come in and help, help him compete within the scope of the offense, and then you'll see an engaged LeBron. What does that mean? I mean, who's out there? You know, we hear the reports. I mean, I think George Hill would be a good fit, but I don't believe you can't give up Shannon Fry because you, unless you got another couple, you got two more big men coming. So I'm not sure that deal makes sense. Um, I, I like, like I said, I like the deal on the surface because I think George Hill, you know, he'll play you some defense. He'll hit timely shots. He's he, he he's over 35 percent from three pointer, uh, three point land. Um, and obviously he's on a team that's going nowhere. So, you know, if he comes to a team that has a chance, he's going to give you even more. Um, the, the guy I like out there the most is Kent Bazemore from Atlanta. And, and, and I think if I'm, if I'm the Cavs front office, that's who I go after with whatever they want, because that's a guy that is going to give you so much defensive energy and can hit. He's a three and D guy. He's going to give it to you every night, and that's a guy who wants to win. 
That's that's the guy I'd go for. I'd, I'd trade the Brooklyn pick, Brooklyn pick for him for sure. And, and and I understand they don't want to trade the Brooklyn pick unless it's somebody that's going to be a part of their team for years, a young player and whatnot. I'm, I'm not sure Kent Bazemore's age. I'm going to look it up real quick, but um, you're not getting a game changer, you know, with that pick. And just like you don't know if you're going to get a game changer in the um. In the draft, you don't know what that pick might be eighth. That pick might be second. You don't know. Uh, he's 28, 28 years old, um, averaging 13 points, 38% from three, four rebounds, four assists, two steals. Um, he's the type of guy that will come in and literally make a difference. I'm not saying he'd put you over the top. Look, there's not a move out there right now outside of Paul George, which isn't going to happen, that can – put you over the top against Golden State. But you have to be able to compete because, look, this this is more than this season. It's, not, it's more than about this season. It's also about retaining LeBron James and and building off that. You know, you've got you've got a lot of old players, but a lot some players that are coming off the books. You're going to have an opportunity to do some things. But you know, you can't be you can't be hedging your bets here if you're the Cavs front office. Look, I think the Brooklyn pick is available. Um but they have to be realistic about what they can get. But a guy like Baysmore, I think, is is a really good pick. They do need another big man. Um I don't know where to get that. I don't want DeAndre Jordan. Um I don't think he helps your cause right now. Um and they're going to do something. Let's not get it twisted. The Cavaliers are going to do something. I just don't know what they're going to get out of a lot more trust in David Griffin because I saw what he, he you know, he has a history. I know what he's, he was able to pull off. The only thing that Kobe Altman and Dan Gilbert have is this Isaiah and Jay Crowder deal. And, and obviously that's not working out to their benefit right now. Why Kyrie Irving is leading, you know, the Boston Celtics to one of the best records in the league. And you got Isaiah Thomas, who obviously has been, a 100% negative so far, and Jay Crowder, who has not lived up to any kind of expectations. So we don't have much to go off of there. We don't. But that's that's what I'm looking for. Um, so when I say the Cavaliers are shattered, I don't mean that in a way that it can't be mended or, or put back together. What I mean is that it's deeper than just just a, just a, a roster that's broken. It's it's confidence. It's, you know, when, when, when we see a game like what just happened tonight on ABC where, I mean, by the end of the first – not even the end. By the middle of the first quarter, I knew that LeBron was disengaged, and I knew that they were going to get their ass handed to him because you could tell that, sh- that, that disengagement, that lack of passion just from LeBron um, – it just spreads through the entire team. And he and, and I know he knows he yields that kind of power. Um, I don't think it's deliberate. I just think that he doesn't believe in what's going on right now. And a lot of it stems from Isaiah Thomas. You know, for, and I'll say this last thing about Isaiah Thomas. You know, it's not his fault. I know he's trying to get himself back. But comments like he said to, you know, you know, for Isaiah Thomas to say, I, 
quote unquote, I don't know the last time we got on the floor for a loose ball. I don't know that I know that teams I've been on defense is determined on deflection, steals, loose balls, who's the hardest working team and whatnot. You know, I can't when you're not a part of the solution, you know what I'm saying, then you're a part of the problem. And for you being a new guy on the team who's obviously hurting the team massively right now, just shut up, IT. Like, just just, just, just lay in the cut. Wait till you get to, to a point where you're where you need to be at, and then you could speak. Like, it's very disheartening to, to see that. And if I'm feeling that way, when I'm not even on the court or in the locker room, I can only imagine – how his teammates feel. It's um it's a bad situation there. And and I don't know I, I'm not opposed to trading Isaiah Thomas by any means. Because like I said, you're not going to get him at his peak this year and you're not going to get him at one hundred percent this year and you're not going to get him at his best within the scope of the offense. Therefore he is going to be a detriment to this team throughout this season and never be a part of the solution. So I'm not opposed to getting rid of him. And lastly, LeBron James. Actually, before I get to my, my, my last statement on LeBron, Ty Lue, all right, a lot, a lot, a lot of hate towards Ty Lue. And I understand why. I mean, I, I can't understand why it took him so long to make the change. Uh, of taking Jay Crowder out the starting lineup and putting Tristan back in the starting lineup. But eventually he did. I can't seem to understand why he continues to play Isaiah Thomas 30-plus minutes a night, knowing that his plus-minus is horrific. He has not been a part of the solution at all. Um, He's a player's coach. He's a very loyal coach, and I know he's trying to give him every single opportunity he possibly can to get himself back because in Ty Lue's mind, their only shot is if like he he's he, you're not going to break Tyler. I mean, that's the type of guy. That's the type of player he was. That's the type of coach he is. Therefore, he's always going to look at guys and, and give them the benefit of the doubt, thinking that they're going to reach their highest potential. It's another reason J.R. Smith's still in the starting lineup. He's going to give J.R. Smith every opportunity to prove to him that he's still the J.R. Smith from years past. And that's what he's doing with Isaiah Thomas. He's going to give him every opportunity to get himself back in shape, uh, back to where he was, back to where he's in a flow and in a rhythm. That's who Ty Lue is, sometimes to his own detriment. And, it, and for those of you out there who think he's not a good coach or he's dumb or, or he just doesn't understand what's going on or it's over his head, come on, man. You got to step back and, you know, you're being a couch coach, you know, it isn't going to work out because he knows what he's doing. He was a vital part of them winning a championship a couple of years ago. Um, I think he has a great way of communicating and, and has a great relationship with his players up to, you know, to, you know, to, to, to an extent. So I wouldn't put this all on Ty Lue. I would not at all. And uh, my last thing about LeBron, you know, the whole pending free agency and whatnot. Guys out there, listen to me. All right, listen to me. LeBron James does not want to leave. He wants to stay. 
at 33 years old, do you honestly think he wants to move his family somewhere else? And let's be realistic. He ain't going to L.A. So if he did leave, it's obviously for a chance to win. So you think a Houston maybe or I don't know, maybe a San Antonio, wherever the case may be. Do you honestly think at 33 years old in his, what, 16th season, he wants to get up, move his entire family or move to, a, to another city, right? Or, you know, maybe not move his entire family, but go himself. And, and, and for what, the NBA season's what, from damn near October to June, and, and, and be away from his family for the better part of the year. And I know it's not all about family, but this guy has accomplished so much in his career. And he's beloved. And he loves his home. He is looking for every single excuse to stay. But if they don't give him a choice, if Dan Gilbert and this front office cannot, Brian Windhorst says it best. LeBron James works his ass off and, and, get, and puts himself in a position to be successful and, and gives the franchise everything he has all the time. He's going to work. He's going to make sure he's in shape. He's going to put himself in the best position for, for not only himself, but his team, right? From a physical standpoint, he's going to give it to you um, when you need it every time, you know, when, when, when it's on the line and, and, and you need him, he's going to be, he's, he's shown that he's proven that maybe not during the regular season, (laughs) but when it counts, right. And that's what he wants from the organization he's with. And if he doesn't feel that they are doing that, that they have his best interest in mind, which is to win now, then they're not giving him a choice but to look elsewhere because he's not going to play forever. He only has so many opportunities. So if he's all in, and his organization is not all in, well, then he needs to find another organization. But listen to me, Cleveland fans, that's not what he wants. He is looking for every opportunity to stay and be a Cavalier for the rest of his career. It's that simple. So when the organization uh, is making moves that are hedging their bets, you know, trading Kyrie Irving, for a centerpiece that's a draft pick um, and, and then not using that draft pick to bring in more players, that's telling him that they're not focused on winning by any means necessary. Even if it's not the smartest thing in the world, you know, even if, you know, getting a Kent Bazemore might not help them beat the Golden State Warriors, at least they're trying something. That's the kicker. At least they're trying something. So I would advise the front office to um, realize that, look, LeBron leaves. I don't care who you get. I don't care if you get Trey Young. I don't care who it is. You're rebuilding anyway. Look, when, when LeBron left the first time, you got, you got Kyrie Irving, and you still didn't win you know, until LeBron came back. I mean, Kyrie Irving was in his fourth year. When, when LeBron came back, he went three years and did nothing. 
best they did was 33 wins. And and you can't tell me that Trey Young or any of these guys are as you can't tell you can't you can't say right now that they're going to be as good as Kyrie Irving. So go all in. You got the asset, use it. And and, and see what you can do, but um that's just me venting. Um basically going through a frustrating night of Cavalier basketball, a frustrating month basically. Um but I hope to do it again, man. Let's, let's hope these Cavs get it together. Um, too much talent not to. Don't get it twisted. And um, look, follow me on Twitter, at RL Malpica. It's going to be more coming from me. Uh, all different stuff, boxing, Cleveland, uh, sports, all that, all that good stuff, man. So you guys be good. Take care.